Welcome to Security Insights, the podcast where we talk to security professionals and providers about issues, technology, and best practices that are top of mind for security teams and practitioners across the country. I'm Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. My guest today is Amir Atri, Regional Director, Ontario for Garda World. Together we address some of the major issues that are affecting organizations as they deal with the ongoing public health crisis caused by COVID-19. This podcast is sponsored by Garda World. Garda World is the largest privately owned security services company in the world. We offer first-rate security solutions and professionals to protect your people, assets, and reputation globally. Please visit Garda.com to learn more. Um, I'm joined today by Amir Atri, uh, Garda World's Regional Director for Ontario. Um, we thought a good topic to talk about today would be uh, the pandemic situation, seems uh, as it's affecting all of us around the world. We thought this would be good opportunities to uh, share some lessons learned and ask Amir some questions about um, how we can deal with these situations uh, as they occur and as they're ongoing um, and what we can do uh, as the situation develops. Um, Amir, welcome to the podcast. Maybe just if you can just tell us a bit more about what you do at Garda World and, and your background, particularly against the background of uh, the ongoing pandemic situation. Sure. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I've been in our security industry uh, roughly about 20 years. Um, I've worked in different provinces from BC to Alberta to Atlantic Canada as well as Ontario. I joined uh, Garda World in 2010 in Vancouver and uh, since then moved around a little bit. Currently, I look after our business operations within Ontario and a number of different branches and the employees that we have servicing our clientele in the GTA and uh, different cities. Maybe we can just address a question that seems to be one of the, the most uh, commonly asked questions these days when we're dealing with ongoing pandemic. What are the most effective ways to communicate to stakeholders uh, regarding pandemic response, especially when you're trying to communicate or message people without having them uh, respond in a fearful or, uh, or or a panicky manner? Like, what were your what would your suggestions be there? Information is is critical, and um, right now we're in a we're in an age where information comes to us from different sources, maybe news media, social media, and and information from different organizations or agencies. It's important for an organization to have an emergency plan where they can either activate it partially or in full. And within that emergency plan, typically they have a communication point or or a liaison that can communicate information to the stakeholder. This person would, would have to ensure that the information they're receiving is true, factual, and um, is honest with the employees. Having that honest conversation with the employees or the stakeholders or facility users will allow them to fully understand the current capabilities that they have and the promises that they may be making to their customer base or their own employees. The the pivot point of a communication would have to be also aware of uh, both the organization's operations as well as the impact that the information coming in would have on the capabilities that they may have. I think it's also important that depending on the size of the organization, regular updates uh, should be provided to the staff or to the employees. As an example, with our organization at Garda World, we receive uh, daily communication at 8.30, maybe through a teleconference or through various different memos, giving us updates on the current status of the pandemic, how it impacts our business, and any new information coming in. But I think the most important thing to take away with this is to make sure that the information is factual and is being communicated regularly. And hopefully this would reduce some of the uh, misinformation that may get created just because somebody heard from someone some false information. 
We've seen the government at all levels um, step in and make uh, suggestions as to how people should be conducting themselves. In some cases, it's more stringent in terms of the way that they are prescribing that businesses operate and individuals conduct themselves. But at what point should an organization sort of make those determinations by itself uh, prior to any government intervention or, or, or government mandates? Like at what point should an organization be looking at its own processes and say, okay, this is what we have to do for the benefit of our organization, our stakeholders, our customers, whatever, you know, independent of what a government is mandating and prior to when a, a government steps in and, and, and really takes control of a situation? I think simply having the foresight as far as um, your own operation and having up-to-date information will, will certainly dictate the actions that a company or an organization may have to take. An emergency plan that a typical company may have had um, may include a business impact analysis, and that business impact analysis really will provide a bit of a guideline as far as some of the processes and procedures they, they need to continue to have in order to operate or some of the actions they can take to essentially limit the impacts of their workforce. So instead of waiting for a government to essentially mandate who essential services or who non-essential services, an organization should be able to distinguish the fact that um, in this current pandemic, as an example, I have a lot of employees that are working in close quarters. I need to take steps to kind of separate them based on the based on some of the recommendations that's coming up from health professionals. The pressures and the stresses on a business will also provide a bit of a guideline um, in addition to measures above and beyond what's written in the uh, business impact analysis. Uh, a risk analysis is also a very good tool to be used. Some of the tasks uh, may be modified and changed for the employees that are working at a facility and conducting a risk assessment based on the specific tasks or the new tasks that are being asked from the employees will certainly help guide the organization's decision-making as far as some of the uh, some of the processes and measures they'll be able to add on to safeguard their employees before they're required by law or by, uh, by different agencies. The current situation that we're dealing with surrounding a pandemic where it is an all-hazard-based response, um, which means it's something that maybe not too many companies may have thought about, um, especially when it comes to realizing that if they're putting on training courses, for example, for their employees, the mandate has been put in that training courses can't necessarily happen if it exceeds a number of employees or a number of uh, or group of employees, I should say, um, in a class. And um, I think all of that evaluation based on the needs of the organization would really drive what measures we can take prior to being told by different agencies uh, to essentially take them. One of the big things is going to be the, the lessons we can take away from this. Um, the situation escalated awfully quickly and people have had to, uh, you know, implement uh, emergency plans, pandemic plans, you know, almost overnight in some cases. Um, people are adjusting to situations which, frankly, no one has experienced in their lifetime before. And I think um, once uh, everything settles down and we can start getting back to normal, whenever that is, people are going to be looking at this situation and saying, you know, what are the lessons we can take away from this and how can we improve our operations going forward? Is there anything so far, just based on our experience from the last two or three weeks, do you think that we can take away, uh, we can apply to future pandemic plans or future operational best practices? I think a number of different lessons will come out of this, um, similar to how different lessons have come out of previous disasters or emergencies where we realize or learn something new. Most plans, as I mentioned, are developed around specific hazard. For example, if the servers of an organization go offline 
or should there be an earthquake, how it would impact a business. Most of these incidents that have been planned or were written in the past may have had limitations in time and resources. For example, an event would last a certain number of days or a period of time, and the plans were surrounding how we would survive over the next number of days or number of weeks. Currently, what we're saying is uh, is a prolonged period of time and the impact of this specific pandemic or incident is something that, um, based on the, some of the information I received, is going to be a bit longer term than what has previously been planned. I think most organizations that have an emergency plan have requirements to conduct testing regularly. It's important to make sure that the plan does, doesn't just look nice on paper, but it's realistic, achievable. And, and reasonable in order to be delivered. But I'm looking forward to see what are some of the lessons that are going to get hopefully published after this event is over. So we can certainly make improvements and adjustments to uh, each individual plans. Assuming we all do get back to work normally in a matter of months, what do you think that recovery is, is going to look like and how should people adjust their organizations accordingly? I think the recovery will be fluid um, and uh, different organizations may have different times as far as uh, recovery or essentially, like you said, going back to normal. The recovery of, uh, as an example, in our industry, the security industry will really heavily depend on the facility or the business's operations plan to go back to normal. During this transition, there will be a hybrid period where we'll be in a recovery and still a response um, mode. Um, as we uh, kind of wind down the uh, response to the emergency and starting to put some of the businesses or some of the business functions back to normal. But this certainly has created quite a bit of pressure. And I'm hoping that with the guidance of some of the different ministries, some of the different um, requirements or changes or uh, from our health professionals, we'll be able to slowly put some of the functions back to uh, normal and uh, go back from uh, essential work and start working with the non-essential folks as well. I think there would be a bit of a positive outcome from our industry specifically. It has certainly allowed us to go outside of our comfort zone and create uh, or develop skills that in the past we may have not been aware that we may have or, or abilities. Being able to, for example, in our industry, manage resources or manage employees remotely, mass communication and a regular communication are certainly some of the things that we've had to put in place or uh, tweak in order to improve it. So I think recovery will be a long road, but I'm looking forward to our business and our operations, certainly at our organization, to coming back to normal. We've seen a lot of the security guard companies looking for staff during a time like this, as, as some organizations are, are having to wind down their operations for distancing reasons or um, because they're no longer deemed essential. We've seen the security guard industry really ramp up. Their role has really accelerated to deal with some of the ongoing situations that have occurred as a result of the pandemic. Can you just talk a little bit about, about how Garda World has, has risen to that challenge and about maybe some of the, uh, the services that you're seeing a higher demand for right now? It certainly has been a challenge. We have a slowly diminishing workforce, whereas employees decide to uh, self-isolate for various different reasons, as well as the, the wind down as, uh, of requests, as you mentioned. We're seeing uh, quite a bit of a decrease in some of the facilities that have um, decided to close as they're considered non-essential. But we've also seen a, a great increase in critical infrastructure protection uh, where customers have approached us looking for additional resources. 
It's certainly a difficult time. We're doing our best to provide staffing and available resources to the best of our ability to our customer base, but concentrating primarily on critical infrastructure to make sure that those folks have the security that they need. We also have taken some steps to evaluate uh, some of the requests that have come in from our customers to see if that is specifically a security function. Uh, We've had one customer who asked us to provide a staff member to essentially count how many people are going in and out of their facility. And we were able to evaluate that request and speak with our customer to say, maybe we don't need a security guard to do this. Perhaps we need a customer service agent to essentially do this do this count as it may not necessarily be a security function so that that security guard and, uh, can be redeployed essentially at a more critical role instead of spending resources in a non-critical roles. Are there any verticals or businesses that are looking for more guards or more manpower services at a time like this? Certainly, there are um, some uh, some different verticals. For example, hospitals have asked for um, quite a bit more staffing just for access control and screening services and just the fact that they have a higher volume of patients that are visiting the facility. And we're also seeing um, an increase in uh, the retail sector um, as they're considered essential service where our staff essentially provide either access control or um, customer service type of services uh, where we either help with counting of the folks that are going in to make sure that the social distancing requirements are being met. Overall, it's been mostly the critical infrastructure that has come to us um, and increased uh, with staffing. We have seen some decreases in services for some municipalities as well as uh, some commercial properties who may not necessarily be operating anymore. And um, for them, we're also providing uh, different types of service, maybe a mobile patrol instead of a security guard, um, where we can share one single resource amongst uh, a number of non-essential facilities. Maybe that's a good place to, to wrap up. So Amir, I'd like to thank you very much for spending some time with us today, for sharing your insights and sharing what Gardawal is doing uh, during this pandemic situation. And uh, you know some of the lessons we can take away from this and apply to the future when thankfully one day we will be back to normal and um, we can go about our business again. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity and, and thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Security Insights. You can find more security podcasts at canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening. Thank you.